Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Institute for Policy Innovation podcast. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. Today is September 16th, 2022, and I'm joined today by IPI's resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. And today, Dr. Matthews, we're going to ask the musical question, uh, are they lying to us or is it just a difference of opinion? (laughs) And you and I have noticed uh, sort of an interesting trend coming out of the Biden administration and uh, congressional Democrats. Uh, and uh, a writer that I follow and admire very much, Noah Rothman with Commentary Magazine, has noticed the same thing. And that is that they don't even bother with spin anymore. They, the, 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 uh, the president's press secretary, other people who speak for the administration are comfortable just out and out lying to us. And you'll remember, I mean, we're talking about the Biden administration, but Barack Obama was giving a State of the Union speech and he said something, I think it had to do with uh, corporate uh, donations or, or something of that nature for uh, political campaigns. And someone just blurted out, you lie. Yeah. I, I don't remember which. It was a Republican member of Congress. Right. I don't remember who it was. And and, when, and it was kind of rude. It was it was a little rude. Yeah. It took Obama by surprise. But I think the person was, in fact, correct yeah. in that. And and this go, this goes back to the notion that we're oftentimes told things so much so. I mean, when Barack Obama was moving the Affordable Care Act through, if you if you like your health plan, you can keep your health plan. Right. That became 2013 PolitiFact's lie of the year. Lie of the year. Yep. We frequently heard the Obama administration or President Obama himself telling us telling us things that we said that's just that's just simply not true. It's not a difference of opinion. It's not whether I think this is better than that or this mm-hmm. isn't quite as good as that or or as good as, or I think this is going to save us x million x billion dollars and somebody else thinks it's going to be it's going to save us a little bit more or a little less or something. Yep. It's just flat not true. When you were talking about uh, Obama saying you can keep your doctor. We were also told that our health insurance premiums were going to go down by going something down. like twenty five hundred dollars a year, right? Yeah. And instead, they went up by, by more tw- than that. Yeah, by more than that. Yeah. And so it was, you know, were you just mistaken, Obama, or were you just not telling us the truth? Yeah. And so this this came to mind again just a couple of days ago when you had President Biden giving his speech on the Inflation Reduction Act. And for those who had a news a news feed there that had a chyron at the bottom showing the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it was tanking 1,200 points even as he was giving a, a, over inflation. As he was taking his victory lap right. on the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, just, inflation came in higher than just, expected. Just an hour or two before, turned out inflation is still with us and going strong. Yep. And so you look at this and you say, this just... Okay, maybe you already had the speech planned, so I guess you had to do this, but you sort of ignore all of these other things that are going on in there. And it's just it goes back to highlight a number of the things that we've seen, that we've heard, and they and I don't know if they think that if they just change their mind or it's lying or what, but drilling. Yeah. So you've got a list of you've got a list of I, just, I just a small number of these instances. Right, because we only have so much time <laughs> exactly. in a day. But I, I do think that the I do think that the the context of that again that I mentioned for Noah Rothman is really interesting, and that is that 
at least a few years ago, they would try to spin you mm-hmm. at least a few years ago. You know, we had this term spin doctor that is like, okay, I have this problem. The facts on the ground do not suit my political agenda. I got to find some way, even if it's tongue in cheek or with a wink and a nod, I got to find some way to spin this so that it doesn't seem quite so bad. And there was almost, it was almost kind of an ethical system to where I'm not going to just outright lie. I'm just going to try to spin things in a particular direction. But now we find ourselves longing for the good old days of spin doctors (laughs) because now they just look us straight in the eye and lie to us. And if you challenge it, they demonize you. So back on April 15th, I'm reading from the New York Times headline, Biden plans to open more public land to drilling. That was on April 15th. And that was, of course, you had the gasoline prices were going up and the right. Biden administration was trying to find that was, some that way. That was the panicky response to high gas prices. Right. And the New York Times said at the time, the president is under pressure to bring down gas prices, but any new drilling would be years away. The fees and uh, fees and so forth would have to rise and so forth. But initially they came out and said, we're going to dramatically expand uh, public land for drilling. On September the 4th, just a few days ago, not many days ago, it came out, the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has leased fewer acres for oil and gas drilling, I'm quoting now, offshore and on federal land than any other administration in its early stages dating back to the end of World War II according to the Wall Street Journal analysis. So on the one hand, we come out, New York Times covers this, we're opening more land uh, for public drilling, and then the Wall Street Journal comes up about four months later and says, you've actually done more fewer leases than any administration going back to the end of World War II. And we did, we did a podcast not too long ago specifically on how Biden has like flip-flopped in energy. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think the point here is that this is not just a flip-flop. I mean, these are lies. Yeah. These are just outright lies. It's, so wor- it, it's way worse than just flip-flopping. It's way worse. And then the issue is, in many cases, they don't check. Fox News just recently published a piece. It's talking about the White House spokesperson, Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, and the fact that she's not getting any fact-checking going on. Mm. So the Fox News is looking at this, and they say from their stand, from looking at this, factcheck.org, Reuters, the Associated Press, the Washington Post's Glenn Kessler, um, CNN's Daniel Dale, uh, according to them, have not had any fact-checks of the White House, the new White House okay. spokesperson. And, and that's a list of people in the media who sort of fact-checking has become their thing. Right. Yeah. They do that a lot. Right. Um and then Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post pointed out, he said, well, we don't typically uh, fact check a, a spokesperson. We fact check the the politician or the policymaker themselves, except when you're talking about the White House and the president, the spokesperson becomes actually the, in some sense, the the president themselves. That, that's where the, that's yeah, the voice of it. That is the official spokesperson for the administration. So if you're not, if you're not fact checking whoever the presidential spokesperson is, and you're not fact-checking the administration. So Fox News says Snopes and PolitiFact stood alone in uh, their sparse fact-checking regarding the White House press secretary. PolitiFact has uh, fact-checked Jean-Pierre twice, and uh, according to both were false ratings, and Snopes fact-checked a claim and uh, also called it wrong. So it's interesting, and then you see this playing out a lot of times in the news. So, Corinne Jean uh, Pierre was talking about the issue of border crossing, and so Peter Ducey stepped in and said and asked her about P 
people who are just walking across the border. And she says, well, no, no, they're not doing that. They're not walking across the border. And he said, but they are walking across the border. We have video of them. They're walking across the maybe, border. Maybe she was pulling a Clinton. Maybe she was actually saying, well, no, they're, they're actually having to swim across the border. And, she, <laughs> and she's saying, well, no, that's not how it works. But you listen to her and you think, uh, do you, have you not seen this? I mean, there's plenty of video out there of them just walking the, uh, across the border. In some cases, Border Patrol is opening the, a fence or a gate that's there and lets them walk right in. And they, that's the, the encounter. They then uh, process them and move them on so that Governor Abbott can send them to other places. I, I can't help but think that if, if the politics were reversed and it was a Republican administration and a Republican press secretary making a statement that was completely contradictory to hours and hours and hours of video right? Uh, that we would be seeing on all of our televisions on one side – the press spokesperson saying something, and on the other side, running live video proving that they were lying, but but not in this case. And, and of course, they're actually doing that to some extent now. They're doing uh, quotes from Biden about how, especially his speech in Philadelphia, and then they're showing on a split screen the riots that were going on after uh, the George Floyd death and him talking about how we the, the the violence of the extreme right, but then you have Antifa and these others who were uh, destroying cities. Burning cities, absolutely. Burning cities, uh, creating autonomous zones mm -hmm. in Seattle and uh, looking at the violence that's on there. And so you just, there's no, the violence on the extreme right, but in fact, the, the violence is going on on the extreme left. So as we were driving to the studio, literally, I was listening to a speech of President Biden giving a live address from the White House talking about the primary danger in our country is of white supremacist violence. And I'm sitting there thinking, and of course, I'm not defending white supremacist <laughs> violence, but I'm thinking of all of the violence that I have witnessed on television the last few years, uh, none of it's been white supremacist violence. Mm -hmm. It's been Black Lives Matter and it's been George Floyd and all of that sort of thing. There's something about the progressive mindset. It's like wish casting. It's like if we say it, it will become true. And I'm reminded even during the Clinton administration where the Clinton administration would take credit for successes and people would say, well, wait a minute, that didn't actually happen. And it was like, well, but we, but we talked about it. Mm -hmm. we, we gave it visibility. And so somehow simply talking about something was, was almost the same as actually accomplishing something. And so I wonder if maybe they think if they just say something long enough, it will just magically become true. Either that or, they're, or they are seriously insulting the intelligence of the American voters. And speaking of insulting the intelligence of American voters, you had Peter Ducey again of Fox News recently uh, criticizing or, or bringing the point up to Jean-Pierre about the issue of the stolen election. Mm. And so he says, essentially, OK, let, let's all agree the 2020 election wasn't stolen. But he says you back in 2016, you were sending out tweets and other things it, implying that the 2016 election was stolen. And she said, well, it's just not the same thing. It's it's it, there's. Two completely different things. And he's, well, how is it different? <laughs> <laughs> There's no evidence that the 2016 election was stolen or uh, changed by Russian operatives mm -hmm. in any way. 
And there's no evidence that their 2020 election was stolen. So how is it different? But she goes on and says, let's be really clear. I'm quoting her, uh, Jean-Pierre. Let's be really clear that the comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I was talking specifically at that time about what was happening to voting rights and what was a danger to voting rights. And then she said, I knew this was coming because she knew Peter Ducey was going to bring this up. Yeah. Because it's clear that she, on the one hand, she thought the original election, was, uh, the 2016 election was stolen. But Peter Ducey is pointing out that you're criticizing Republicans, but you were involved in that yourself. Guilty of the very same thing. In fact, uh, Peter Ducey did not bring this up. Kareen actually tweeted out several tweets about in the Georgia governor's race, claiming and reinforcing the argument that Stacey Abrams had actually really won that election and it had been cheated out of it. Right. You know, and I mean, to this day, Stacey Abrams is claiming now that she's actually she never said that, <laughs> which is like even worse. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's almost as, as if people forget somehow that there's there's the Internet, and there's video and there's audio. And, you know, if, if you screw up and end up getting too far out on a branch or something like that, you're best off just immediately apologizing for it. So Carl Rove uh, last week in his column in The Wall Street Journal had a piece where he identified that in 2004, that election, that was where an awful lot of Democrats stepped up and said George W. Bush didn't win. Now, he wasn't talking about the 2000 election. Mm -hmm. They also claimed it there because, remember, the issue came down to the state of Florida. Hanging chads. Hanging chads. Florida, uh, the state of Florida determined that George Bush won the state by 537 votes and ended up going to the Supreme Court. Democrats never ex- ex- really accepted that. They said either it was stolen or the Supreme Court just handed it to him. Mm-hmm. In 2004, you had uh, Benny Thompson, who is chairing the January 6th committee right now, voted wanted to uh, not recognize George Bush winning the state of Ohio. About 10 other prominent Democrats did not vote to certify the electors from uh, the election from Ohio. If that had held true, if they had actually changed the election from Ohio, from George Bush to uh, John Kerry, John Kerry would have won the election. And then 2016, they come up and deny that the election was uh, legitimate. Many of them saying, and there's a YouTube video out there. It's about 12 minutes long. Half of it, saying that the election was stolen uh, or was uh, that Trump was an illegitimate president. The other half of that 12 minutes is going back to 2000 and 2004 Mm. talking about those problems. So it's interesting to find how many times you have Democrats who said the election was stolen or not legitimate or something of that nature. And now when it came up in 2020, it was, this is awful. How in the world could you step up and say something like that? Claiming that it's not a valid comparison. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's kind of funny that uh, as we wrap this up, that that we've almost expressed um, a fondness for the days when they tried to spin us, because at least they weren't completely insulting our intelligence. Now, right. if they just if they think they can just look us in the eye and lie to our faces, uh, it just it just says to me that uh, that they're really insulting and taking for granted that the electorate are a bunch of dumb sheep who will believe whatever they've been told in the last three days. With the help of the mainstream media. Sure. Because and, and the mainstream the media, and, and that's helpfully pointed out, right? Lack of fact-checking and the lack of the media be- willing to go back and press them in many cases about those falsehoods. Yep. 
Yep. Longing for spin doctors. That should have been that should have been our uh, title, Longing for Spin Doctors. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We would invite you to check out our website at ipi.org and to sign up there if you'd like to receive notices of all of our new podcasts, uh, new content, and upcoming events. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? And tell your friends about our podcast. I find that the the best the best recommendations I get for podcasts is from people that I know and, and their favorite podcasts that they listen to. So tell your friends. You can also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. <music>